Welcome to the Lifting Up Messiah Again podcast with your host, Sholiak Moshe Yosef Konachowski, a podcast to bring eternal life, meaning, and purpose to understand our Creator, Savior's perspective on the troubling issues of the day. Listening friends, this is Shaliach Moshe. We're lifting up Messiah again. Podcast quickly climbing the charts as a number one Hebraic podcast globally on most major platforms. Listen, friends, if we really care about soul and we really want to reach the lost, wandering, lost sheep of the house of Judah and Ephraim. Israel, and we know that we now have a growing platform of hundreds, and in the future, I believe thousands of listeners. And I'm finding that many of the folks who listen to the Lifting Up Messiah Again podcast are either non-believers; they're checking it out. They see us on Apple, they see us on Stitcher, or some other podcast platform. Are now in syndication uh, on over 20 platforms. We're waiting approval from Pandora, iHeart, and many others. And we find that a lot of the people have never given their life to Yahusha, or they're young believers, and they want to learn and they want to grow, but they don't want to sit in front of a computer for three hours or four hours. And they're not yet ready to watch a live service. Now you've always wanted to be part of the ministry. I know that a lot of you have always wanted to be ambassadors for the Messiah. And there's two ways to do that. Number one, you have the gift and the calling to go into the mission field. Number two, you have a full-time job. You're a parent. You have homeschool your children. You can't do that, but you could send others who have that. Wonderful, noble, heavenly,、uh, royal calling on their life, and that's who we are. We are the teachers, mentors, overseers of other leaders, as well as the laity. And now, you have an opportunity through these podcasts to come alongside of us, and for only nine dollars and ninety-nine cents a month. That's right, nine dollars and ninety-nine cents a month. I wish it was a lot more, but for some reason, the anchor platform where we host "Lifting Up Messiah" again only allows、uh, monthly donations of as high as nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. That's the bad news. It should be, in my opinion, much higher. But if we can get a hundred to a hundred and fifty people who want to be co-partners and co-laborers, like the word says. One waters, one plants. Yah gives the increase. I'll plant, you water. And then another scripture says so that those who who seed and those who harvest may rejoice together and share the reward. I'll say that again: those who seed, plant, and those who harvest share the reward. So if I'm the planter. And through your faithful monthly gift, you're the harvester, 
we're going to share the exact same reward, even though you're busy, and even though you're tied up, for just nine dollars and ninety-nine cents a month. Please, friends, help us to get the gospel out. I never thought that we can get the best Torah, the good news, out in such a benign way, where somebody could listen in private, somebody could put in earphones. Somebody can stick their their、um, smartphone in the car and listen while they're driving. Nobody has to go to church. Nobody has to be pressured. Nobody has to make a decision on the spot. They could listen. They could meditate, and then give their their life to the Messiah. And then, even just as important, get taught in finished work, categorical doctrine. Learning how to become the greatest in the kingdom by keeping His commandments. Won't you help me? On that anchor homepage, I want you to look for the button, the tab that says support. Please highlight nine ninety nine. Fill it out, and every month, you know that you're doing your part to help us reach, frankly, people that I never thought I can reach before. People that'll never even visit our website, but when they go looking for podcasts, they may be hurting, they may be down, they may be、uh, challenged in their life, and they're looking for a few answers. And friends, we have the answers. For nine ninety nine a month, you and I together, working together, can help bring them the answer. Thank you so much. Again, please go to the anchor page, the main page. And look for the support tab. We'll look for your monthly gift starting this month. Thank you so much for lifting up Messiah again in your arms of love to Israel International Ministries. Shalom, shalom, dear friends. Welcome to another podcast, broadcasting almost daily of the Lifting Up Messiah Again podcast syndicated network. We're so happy you're learning and being mentored and studying with us. Now today I want to talk about something that I promised you that I would discuss with you. Well, just the other day, and that is the topic of. Pornography: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, in the process of preparing for this study, I came across a lot of very fascinating things, which, in the end, will lead me to share with you these things in a different direction than I had originally shared. Because there are a lot of folks who make the argument: if you're a believer, you want to be a believer, you want to live for Yahusha, whom the world calls. Jesus, then you need to know where and how the scriptures refer to and address the subject of pornography. Now, there are some in the world who make the argument that pornography is fine in a marriage as long as the husband and wife agree to it together. There are those who say that well, pornography、uh, is not one of those forbidden things or actions or behaviors, or even if you don't want to call it a sin. It's not one. It's not on the list of those things that will keep you out of the New Jerusalem. That'll keep you out of heaven. 
Um, and so that was some things that I was meditating on and praying about that I had promised you I would bring to you regarding the biblical view of pornography. Uh, it seems as if there's no fornication going on. It seems that there's no adultery going on. It seems a nebulous, benign, individual-type behavior that has no victims. And uh, there's no criminalization because it's everywhere available today. In the old days, I understand you had to go into a video store and you had to purchase videos or you had to check them out or go to a secret closet or a secret back room. And I find that today it's so easily available with the press of a, of a, of a mouse, you can watch uh, pornographic or semi-pornographic uh, videos from your computer, from your laptop, from your smartphone, anywhere in the world, any device, anywhere in the world, anytime, 24-7. So it's a lot easier. So if it is benign and if there is no victim and it's not really hurting anybody, it's just gratifying yourself like a good meal or a good vacation or some time in the hot tub, then there really shouldn't be anything wrong with it. And so I was open-minded to see, well, what exactly do the scriptures have to say about this? Because I kind of understood that it was not on the list of forbidden behaviors that needed to be changed or repented of. I didn't see any criteria with which a person who watches and looks and views in pornography uh, would be kept out of the kingdom. Now, of course, uh, somebody can make the argument that it's um, leading to meditate on unrighteous thoughts, uh, uh, fantasies of fornication and adultery, and that the fantasies are equal to the committing of these acts, which will keep you out of immortality and keep you in immorality. That was my thinking. That was my approach. That um, the worst that could be said about pornography is the fact that, well, it can lead to fantasies and that those fantasies and that those that's the excitement and the tantalization of our flesh um, may not keep us out of heaven, but then again, they can cause us to, uh, to fornicate and, adulter and adulterize in our hearts and minds, which is not quite the same as doing it because we don't follow through on all the actions. If you've ever threatened feel like you wanted to hurt somebody or kill somebody, well, in 99 and 9 tenths of the cases, you don't follow through because you know right from wrong, you've been taught right from wrong, and every human being, according to Romans chapter 1, has, um, has a conscience that will either accuse or excuse your thinking, which could lead to a behavior. So the word of Yahuwah says that the um, Every man or woman is born with a conscience. When Yahuwah breathes his spirit into that nefesh, that soul, and the soul became a living being, that our thoughts and actions will either accuse us or excuse us. So that's one criteria. And the other criteria was there appears to be no victim like prostitution, 
like adultery, like sexual immorality. It's just something you do privately, kind of like a good meal, and it doesn't really affect anybody. There's no harm. So I was open, now, especially in uh, relationships where there is a covenant, like in a marriage covenant. There is a covenant, so if you would think that in a monogamous marriage, the husband and wife would agree to watch pornography while they're making love or just to put on the sound effects, maybe not watch the video, but put on the sound effects to enhance their commitment and their love to each other. Now, even that seems well, and I know a lot of couples practice that. They they either view it in the background while they, to enhance their passion for their partner, uh, or they just maybe just listen to the sounds or whatever way they choose to use it. They, they say, well, you know, we have a covenant. We're not fornicating or committing adultery or we're not um, committing idolatry. So uh, what's the difference between that kind of an enhancement, let's say, versus some kind of oil, like coconut oil or uh, some other oil that will enhance the, the experience of sexuality even within the covenant? So I, I was open-minded. I said, well, let me prepare for this Lifting a Messiah Again podcast that is becoming more and more valuable to people around the world. As they're getting the word of Yahuwah, they're getting Yahuwah's view, his opinion, his understanding in 30-minute segments that they can digest in the car, that they can digest at the gym, or that they can digest in between meals or maybe during a lunch break at work. So please, friends, share this brand new exploding lifting up Messiah again podcast, which is a great way of reaching the young believers and those who are considering and contemplating uh, receiving the goodness of Yahuwah and Yahusha, his son, whom the world calls Jesus, into their lives. But in the process of, of taking what I began to see as an approach. I began to see in my mind uh, the approach that I really wanted to take to make the argument that there is no equivalency, there's no moral equivalency between uh, adultery, between fornication, and just viewing something that might be considered uh, an enhancement to lovers, let's say, within a covenant. But then in the process of preparing for this podcast, I began to get a different perspective. And rather than get darker in my eyes, I began to have enlightenment and brightness in my eyes. Now, I'm not going to say that any one of us is 100% innocent when it comes to this area, because most of the believers that I've counseled, whether in marriage counseling for over 30 years or in deliverance ministry most recently in the last two years, I find that women as much as men have an issue with pornography. It's not just a male thing, it's a woman thing, or it's more more than that, it's a feel-good thing, or more than that, it's a loneliness thing, or more than that, it's an escape from reality thing, or it's something that is sexual that takes the place of sex, where you don't have to pay the bills, you don't have to make a commitment, uh, you don't have to sign a lease, you don't have to buy a house. You don't have to feed the mouths of babies and sucklings. So there's a million reasons one can justify it. And like I said, um, I've come across it. And as I 
minister deliverance to believers, women and men alike, I find that women are just as prone to have come across uh, pornography as men are. They're just just as prone, which which initially to me was quite quite shocking. It was initially quite a, a wake-up call, but most of the women who listen to this, they will agree that, yes, they've enjoyed, at one time or another, they've enjoyed some form of pornography. Now, we go to the Greek word in the Brichadasha, in the Renewed Covenant, what the world calls the New Testament, and we come across a Strong's 4203, and then Strong's 4202, and 4204 are all derivatives of this word. Now, I also checked in the Septuagint, and maybe we'll get to that on one of the subsequent follow-ups. Not today, but yeah, willing, maybe a future episode of the Lifting Up Messiah Again syndicated podcast. The word is porneo, which is a verb in arrow tense, mean ongoing action, current, present, ongoing action. The root word from uh, Strong's 4204 is pronounced porne, or it's pronounced porna, okay? Porne or porna. So that here is the is the root word. And that's basically what we're dealing with. Porne or porna. Now I want to go back a page and see if I can. There we go. So we're back to Strong's 4203, pronounced porneo, from the root word Strong's Greek 4204. And there are several meanings to porne where we get the word, the English word, and probably the word in most other languages as well, that are derivatives of pornography. And then as I began to prepare for this message with an open mind, and my basic premise that I wanted to elaborate on was it's not as bad as committing the fornication or the adultery. It's not the same level. It appears that there are no victims. It appears there's no criminality to it. Uh, it appears there's some kind of uh, a hungering and desiring to recapture the innocence of the nakedness of the Garden of Eden. It's, there's some, it's some innocence attached to it. As we trace the um, nakedness of Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve, back to the Garden. But then as I began to study to prepare for this episode, I see that the actual biblical definition and the Yahuwah's definition, Yahusha's definition, the Messiah, whom we want to follow, whom we want to follow, who you want to follow, who you've pledged allegiance to as the Lamb of Yahuwah. You see, the, um, the actual biblical term the actual biblical word is quite, quite carrying a different meaning. It can mean, number one, to be a prostitute and to prostitute one's own body to the lust of another. It could also mean, number two, to give oneself 
to unlawful, unbiblical, forbidden sexual intercourse. Number three, it can also mean to commit fornication. Number four, metaphorically, spiritually and metaphorically, it can also mean to be given over to false idols, false Elohim, and false worship. Number five, it could also mean to permit oneself to be carried away or drawn away into idolatry. Any of these five usages which the word porneo is used and the context in which they're used in scripture connotates a bad behavior. But what I found the most shocking that it literally means to act like a harlot, to indulge in unlawful, unscriptural lust and or sex or figuratively to practice idolatry and commit fornication against the Most High, Yahuwah. So in scripture, there is literally no difference between the forbidden acts, the forbidden behaviors, the forbidden indulgences that will prevent you from entering the New Jerusalem. So if you care about salvation and you care about being saved and you care about living forever, and if through this study we come to understand that porneo from a biblical perspective, Greek 4204, 4203, strong concordance, is the same exact word what we call pornography, por porneo, for all these forbidden practices that we have just been studying in the series, immorality versus immortality. If we can come to define these behaviors as part of the immorality that, that we've been warned not to be deceived in this area because it can and will prevent us from entering the kingdom of Yahuwah, then we need to be extra, extra on guard, extra, extra careful, and extra, extra alert. Now, before we get too far, when you go into this, and I'm going to share a few verses, and you'll see how there is no biblical difference between sexual immorality lust, fornication, adultery, idolatry, and pornography. And again, this is not the tact and the approach that I was hoping or that I desire to take in preparation for these broadcasts. Okay, I, I want to make that clear. My intention was to present a more modern or balanced um, approach. Now, in the Septuagint, the original Hebrew word for 
porneo or pornography, what in English we call pornography. The original Hebrew word was zona, zona, which zona, zanut, zanut, harlotry, whoredom, fornication, adultery, sexual immorality. The Hebrew word zona or the practice. Zanut. Okay. Z Z Zadi Nun Hey. Okay. Now, from the Hebrew's original underlying the Greek Septuagint, the, the, every time the translators came across the word for Zanut, harlotry, whoredom, immorality, or Zuna, one who practices, male or female, immorality. We have the corresponding Greek word, porneo, where we get pornography. So even when we go into the Hebrew, the Greek cognate, according to 70 leading Hebraic scholars who translated the original Hebrew, into the Greek Septuagint approximately 150 years before the Maccabees or 150 years before Mashiach translated the references to sexual immorality as pornea. Okay? So we have the, from the root word 4204 porna pronounced porna. So porna is a uh, the root the root of the porneo verb action. So we see here again, it is to prostitute one body to the lust of another. It is to give oneself to unlawful, uh, Im immoral sexual practices, including intercourse, fornication, adultery foreplay, illicit, forbidden foreplay, excitement, indulgences in lust, fantasy, accompanying indulgences in lust. Metaphorically and spiritually to be given wholly over to harlotry by, by opening the door to demons that will feed idolatry into those open doors, Psalm 24 into the gates that you open to permit oneself to be drawn away. Now go, let's tie this into the series we've been doing on these podcasts. Let's tie that into the series we've been doing on sexual immorality versus immortality. Which one will you choose? The same verses that we were studying use the Greek word porneo. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Corinthians 6, 18. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is outside his body, which is Yahuwah's temple. But he who commits fornication, but the actual Greek word is 4203. Porneo. 
a man who commits porneo sins against his own body, which is now Yahuwah's temple. So the scriptures make it clear that there is no difference between fornication, adultery, immorality, and pornography. No difference. I, I was blown away when I saw this. And no matter how much you or I or anybody else tries to somehow differentiate it, if you want to approach your believing life and be mentored in righteousness as a believer, then there's no escaping that the words for fornication and immorality are interchangeable, and they are the word porneo or pornography. So you can read 1 Corinthians 6.18 this way. He that commits pornography sins against his own body. 1 Corinthians 10.8. Neither let us commit porneo, as some of them committed porneo, and fell in one day 323,000. So when our fathers spiritually committed whoredom in the desert against Yahuwah, they were involved with pornography. Now, they were not watching it online. They were not watching it on a screen. They were not going to a back room to rent videos like we do in modern society. So I've heard. But they committed pornography, and Yahuwah killed 23,000 because of their uh, pornography, their rebellion. 1 Corinthians 10.8. Now, Revelation 2.14. Yahuwah says, I have a few things. Actually, in this case, it's the revelation of Yahusha, whom the world calls Jesus. But I have a few things against you because you have them there who hold the doctrine. So notice, circle those words, doctrine of Balaam. Balaam was a prophet for money and hire. Wherever you see Jezebel, wherever you see um, um, sexual, uh, sexual immorality, you'll find her kissing cousin Mammon. Usually someone who's uh, demonized with a spirit of Jezebel also has a spirit of Mammon. And you've got to tie them together and cast them out together. You can't leave one while the other hides. He taught Balak, King Balak, to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel eating things sacrificed to idols by committing porneo. So when we worship false deities, which lead to the open gates for demons to come in and demonize the believer, yes, you heard right, believers can be demonized. Believers cannot be possessed because we know that possession implies ownership, and we know that Yahuwah owns us. But in this case... When the false prophet Balaam enticed the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and commit porneo, so the sacrificing and the worship of idols is considered porneo, pornography. And then we know that it led to Israelites intercoursing. And, and engaging in sexual immorality with the daughters of Moab. So both the idolatry and the immorality, both were considered porneo. Both were considered porneo. 